Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Washington State will be hosting Wisconsin on Saturday. Power 5 conference team coming to Martin Stadium. Big 10. Showing up. Is is Washington State mad? Are they mad like Oregon State is mad? Will they send a message on Saturday? Be fun to see that game. Washington State beat Wisconsin last year, as you may know. You may remember. They get another opportunity to do the same thing, this time at home. I wrote a column yesterday about Mike Leach. You heard Leach on this show over the years. We had a lot of good conversations with Mike Leach on this radio program. Loved having him on. Loved talking about everything but, you know, everything but football, I guess. It's kind of what Mike Leach liked to do, right? Every, you know, Let's talk about everything but Everything but. Want to talk about aliens? Do I think they're little green men with uh, four fingers? I suspect not. Um, but what I what I think is, um, to me, it seems like it's way too much of an aberration that out of all of existence and everything, that we're the only inhabited planet. I find that to be a strab. I says, well, <laughs> it's impossible. You know, folks that will say it's impossible for there to be life on any other planet. Why well, isn't the reverse kind of true? Um, it wouldn't the reverse kind of be true. That would uh, it's it, isn't it a little more unlikely that we're the only planet that has life? He made you think about things. One time, I asked Mike Leach if he ever wanted to be president. It, it was in the run up to the 2016 election. I think it was about September of 2016. And all that campaigning was going on, and, you know, asked him on air, would you ever want to be president? Uh, you know, the hardest thing about that job is getting that job. Uh, I think the hardest thing is getting that job. Would I want that job? Well, it's like anybody. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like my job. You know, everybody sitting at home thinks they want my job. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and, there, and, and that's also a job like my job that, that everybody thinks they know how to do that job better than the guy that has it, you know. Uh, would I want that job? Yeah, I think I would. Now, I, my suspicion is, is, is you know, if some if you threw some pixie dust in my direction and I got it, I'd wish I didn't after about a month. But, you know, after I checked out all the stuff, did the museums, flew the airplane, uh, you know, uh, ran around Camp David, uh you know, went, uh, you know, you could have all kinds of cool tours, you know, Washington and stuff like that. I mean, heck, you could even do a JFK mischief tour, you know, like, uh, this is, you know, this is the room where, you know, yeah. and, um, this is the room where I wrote yesterday about the friendship between Mike Leach and one of the uh, donors and fans at Washington State, guy named Wade Hog, uh, Wade Hogue, excuse me. And Wade is currently in the parking lot, I think the RV parking lot at Martin Stadium. He's going to be joining us here. Wade Hogue joining us. How are you, sir? 
I'm doing well, John. How are you today? Set the scene for us. Like when you are you actually in the RV lot, or how does that work for people who don't own RVs? How do you get into the lot? I am not in the lot yet. Uh, we uh, we utilize a uh, shared student lot for the the games, and so we're not allowed in our parking spaces till 6 p.m. on Thursday. So we're actually probably about oh, I would say half a mile away on a side street, and then we will get uh, piloted the car into the uh, to the lot here at six o'clock. So everybody else can get in the lot at six o'clock. We have to kind of sit on the side and, and be ready and hope everybody moves their car. Not uh, not all the time do we get a drive in and, and not have a couple uh, vehicles in their spot for an hour or two. Wade, I, I got to ask you, you know, they're going to honor your old friend Mike Leach at the game. He uh, he was close to you. Uh, what was it like to hang out with him? And, you know, just give us an idea of, you know, the memories and the friendship you had. Um, you, you know, Mike was just uh, an outstanding guy. He, he was very down-to-earth guy. Um, I like I said I'd met him through the, the school here and we had just connected on a, on a lot of things hanging out with Mike uh, just like uh, your radio program we, we rarely spoke about football um, it just wasn't something we talked about what we were going to talk about I couldn't tell you from one moment to the next um, <laughs> but it was always entertaining um, he, he was a, he was a great guy he was a family guy um, he, you know he loved loved his wife loved his kids loved his grandkids uh, obviously, being a coach of this magnitude took a lot of time away from them. Uh, but uh, um, you know, I got to spend some time with them a few times uh, at the house after a game, and and uh, it was uh, Mike was just really a, a normal guy that uh, could could understand football tremendously. Why do you think he went on those tangents? Because I think one of the reasons he liked coming on this show is we rarely talked football. I'd rarely ask him a football question. It was mo- mainly about whatever was in the news that day. I think he was uh, generally uh, curious uh, by nature. Uh, sometimes, I believe, maybe in a press conference, he didn't want to talk about what somebody else wanted to talk about. So um, who was going to take Mike Leach off of one of those tangents or, or get him back on track? Um, but a lot of it was he just uh, – the, the guy was a sponge. I mean, he, he just remembered everything he ever talked about, everything he read, everything like that, and it would just come up. Um, you know, and he would he would go with it. There would be no explanation or rhyme or reason of why he just switched topics. And and uh, you know, it uh, it was just a great time. You, you couldn't explain why he did those things. He had the home. He and his wife uh, lived in Key West, Florida, in the off season, and you got a chance to spend time with him in Key West. What do you think it was about Key West uh, that appealed to him, and what was he like in that setting? Um, once again, he was a, a normal guy. He was well recognized in, in Key West, obviously. Uh, everywhere we went, uh, somebody recognized Mike Leach, and, and uh, he was always gracious enough to sit and talk, take a picture, do whatever. That was uh, on the professional side of it. That it was how tremendous Mike was. Is, uh, is he, uh, he? He took time for for everybody. Um, Key West, he just he just enjoyed. I think he enjoyed the simplicity of it. Um, I think he enjoyed the location of it. Uh, you know, Mike, uh, when he lived down there, uh, the time between Texas Tech and Washington State never owned a car there, just Sharon and him, and the kids had bikes. Um, I, I think he enjoyed all of that. But I also think he enjoyed uh, how it was a, a different place, lots of ghost stories, lots of pirate stories, all those types of things that uh, um, were right uh, right in his wheelhouse. I remember him talking about cats and when he was talking about Key West, and he was talking about riding his bike around and the stray cats and 
just sort of the uh, the feel of the neighborhoods. That the, it was it was very. Um, you know, I don't know how to explain. It's just it, you walked around feeling safe. The first time I was there, uh, we ended up walking around probably until five thirty that uh, that first morning. Um, and the cats he loved down there, uh, and it, of course we had to walk all the way down there, were Hemingway's six-toed cats. And during the day when you have uh, just a, a gaggle of tourists waiting to get in and, and go through the house, you really can't see the cats. But at night, um, they kind of come out and, and roam the property. So that was one of the spots, you know, you always had to take somebody uh, later at night after we'd been uh, downtown Duval Street and, and show them the, the six-toed cats that Hemingway loved. Wade... I, I got to ask you, you miss him. He was one of your best friends, and you spent time with him. Um, you know, you mentioned to me that you, you couldn't bring yourself to watch the Washington State game or the Mississippi State game, and it, why is that? Um, you know, somebody with, with you know, I, I know Mike would think he was really famous, but with the, 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 the large presence that he had, um, it's taken a lot of time to just um, try to move forward um, with life. You know, Mike is one of those guys, obviously, I, I think he wrote in the article that we purchased the house in Key West, um, that we planned on, you know, we had made future plans to watch the sunset together. And, um, you know, Mike is everywhere. I, I can't go sit sometimes, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings, and here's Mike Leach, you know, on mm-hmm. the TV. And uh, it was tough. It was tough on, on all of us. It was very tough on his, his family, uh, his wife, Sharon. You know, she supported him for well over 40 years. Uh, a lot of the other coaches that uh, are still at Mississippi State and, and spread around uh, the country from the staff were, were just, uh, it's just different, you know. I mean, you got excited about uh, college football in a different way when you were lucky enough to, uh, to be befriended by Mike Leach. And uh, um, I'm just not ready. I mean, I'll be ready. Well, I'm going to have to be ready come Saturday. But, um, yeah, it's 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 tough. I, I, I miss him quite a bit. Uh, Mike was, uh, uh, what he would say, a tortured soul. That's why he was always up late at night. And uh, uh, there was rarely a day, unless he was traveling out of the country or something, that, that there wasn't a text or two in the evening, if not a lot of phone calls that lasted, you know, anywhere from three to five hours. And that, that being gone... Uh, just tough, uh, and and it, and it was, and it was great. I mean, that's what I'm saying is it's, uh, it, it's a huge loss um, because if anything, he he cared about people, he cared about his friends, his players, his coaches, everybody, and uh, um, there's a large void when he left. Wade Hogue is our guest, uh, longtime Washington State supporter, donor, fan. I know your parents uh, were heavily involved with the Washington State community as well, educators them themselves, and you know you uh, you befriend Mike Leach. Um, tell me about that first meeting, because you go to some athletic department fundraiser, you're seated at a table, there's a dare that it's made, there's a piece of cheesecake, can you shove it in your mouth all at once? Like it's just a phenomenal scene. Well, I was with, uh, when, when I found that I'd be sitting with Mike at the table, I brought along a friend of mine named Todd, and uh, we were, uh, I always tell everybody we, we didn't fully develop in the womb when we were uh, younger, and we, we got in trouble a lot of times at weddings, restaurants, wherever, trying to see how much food we can shove in our mouth. And um, we were there, and, and it just, uh, I believe Jamie Sire was on the, uh, the stage, I believe she was the host that evening, uh, uh, and we just kind of lost, you know, 
wouldn't say we lost interest, but we weren't following along. And I dared uh, Todd's son, Joey, to, uh, I said, hey, uh, you, you get that piece of cheesecake in your mouth. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I think so. I said, if you can do it, I can do it. And so Joey did it um, not as well as I did. Joey was a, you know, a 13-year-old child, I think, at the time, or 12. And, and uh, so then it was my turn. And so I just uh, grabbed his dessert tray and probably um, – zapped any dignity my wife had uh, left uh, away from her as I shoved this thing in my mouth and somebody uh, videotaped it and uh, I, I believe we got I, uh, I believe it was no might have been Jason Gesser on the stage at that time talking to us and uh, he actually scolded Mike and I for not paying attention uh, during his talk and we kind of went oh sorry about that bud. but, uh, but, but you, that was but really my, the first time we sat and talked but you had to like Mike Leach uh, his comment on that thing is like you know that that is a uh, that is a hell of a feat, right? And that and that is a you know an impressive thing that you were doing. But you had to know in that moment that Mike Leach was different than anybody else, to, in that he looked at you and he went, you know, that's a genetic superiority that that's happening right now that you can get cheesecake in your mouth. A- absolutely, uh, you know. Obviously, Mike was uh, was was well-read and uh, very, uh, very intelligent. And some of the, the, the terms and phrases he would come up with over time, um, you know, we have, a, we have a few of them, like, uh, utterly outstanding and those that we use, uh, that he used quite often. But uh, he, he definitely utterly spoke uh, not, not like a football coach. Yeah, he would always utterly outstanding. Uh, we're talking to Wade Hogue, who, longtime Washington State booster, friend of Mike Leach. Now, he leaves Washington State. There were some Washington State fans who were disappointed that he was essentially leaving Washington State to go to Mississippi State. But you transitioned with him. Your friendship carried over that. What was that period of time like for you as he got set up in Starkville and then you go down there to visit him? Yeah, um, you, you know, we, we'd had talks. Most of the time, you got to understand, Mike's, uh, Mike's day ended on Friday, and that's when he would uh, mosey over to – Mike walked everywhere and pulled in. He would do the radio show at uh, um, the local place, and then he'd walk back here, and we'd sit and we'd drink some whiskey and talk, whether with a fan or two that might come by or just him and I and my wife. And, and um, you know, I told him at that time, you know, hey, you know, something something were to come along, you, you know, and we were chatting about, you know, just a career. I said, you know, you gotta you got to work for you. We'll, we'll figure out, you know, that, um, the hanging out later. Uh, I was disappointed, of course, but uh, I was also happy. You, you know, Mike was back coaching in the SEC, head coach. Um, I felt uh, he deserved it. He'd done a, I think he'd done a great job at Washington State. I know there's some some fans that uh, always seem to want to, uh, you know, knock everything down, but really, Mike Mike brought us into a a different uh, level of of uh, football and, and national attention. Um, just with a lot of things that uh, go on with Washington State. And uh, it was uh, it was tough for him to leave, obviously, but uh, I was definitely happy nonetheless. I, I knew I'd be seeing Mike, you know, again soon. Let's go back to the pandemic year. Tough season in a lot of places. You get in your RV, you drive it from Oregon all the way to Starkville, Mississippi, for the Mississippi State-Auburn game. It gets canceled. Yep. What happens? Um, well, you know, it got canceled, I believe, the Monday. That was just a, a wild trip. They wanted me to come down. I said, all right, I'll be, I'll be down there. And I, I made it as far as Boardman, Oregon, which is about 100 miles out of my uh, town at the river. And snow hit everywhere. And I had told, uh, I had told Mason Miller and I had told uh, a couple of the other guys in Mike that I was coming down. And I, I was able to get back on the highway Monday. 
and uh, head down there. And Monday during the time it was, uh, well, the, the Auburn game was canceled. But uh, there, there were a couple things. Like, you know, I had uh, I intended on buying uh, fireworks in Missouri, even though he'll tell you the best were in Wyoming. I, I wasn't going to be in Wyoming when uh, I was driving through. And uh, so we got down there, and, um, you know, we, he showed me all around Starkville. It was a great time. Uh, we went out and ate, but um, it was uh, first year he was there, so we just kind of, you know, I parked it and uh, um, sat there, and 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 we talked, and and uh, some of the, you know, a couple coaches came over, a couple of the GAs that had uh, come from Washington State, and we just kind of hung out. Uh, where do you, you know, park the RV? Like, like where much. do you? Because there's no stadium, so in where do you park? It, oh, there I just parked it in the driveway. Of this in, house. in Mike Leach's driveway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, horribly, I think I left an oil stain there, too, you know. I, I'll be honest with you. I never said anything, but I'm like, I don't know if that's mine or not. And then when I went back there uh, a year later, I looked, and it was gone. So, um, obviously, somebody cleaned it up, but uh, uh, I never, you know, I never quite referenced that leak that I had. But it is what it is. We find out things about him, and I guess we learn things about him that I never knew. And uh, one of them I got from you is that, I didn't know he was into art and, and collecting art and had an interest in art. The, where do you think that stemmed from, and what was he into? Um, he, he, we talked a lot about Western art. Uh, like I said, I, I, uh, I, I like Warhol, so that morphed into that, obviously, and there was a connection there with uh, you know, him doing Geronimo and that one suite and him writing a book about it. Um, he, he liked a lot of uh, artists that had come from Cody, Wyoming. There were a couple of famous ones. Of course, I can't recall their names right now uh you know he liked uh, the bronzes the remingtons russells um mike mike liked things that were you know visually appealing mike liked things that just made him happy you know it's, it didn't have to be a a million dollar picture it just had to be something that was you know architecturally uh unique or uh whatever if you're looking at buildings or or he loved uh, and you know in key west he'd tell you about all sorts of ghost stories and this that and this building and what it was and what it became uh, those are the things he just uh, anything that made him happy. He he uh, he liked to talk about, and and him and I kind of connected on art uh, a little bit. Wade Hogue is our guest, Washington State fan. All right, this game on Saturday, big game, Wisconsin coming to town. Leach will be honored. What would it mean for Washington State and for the fan base and for boosters and donors like yourself to see the Cougars get a win? Well. Um, Obviously, we always want to win. Um, you, you know, it's uh, uh, the, the first thing as a Coug, you, you learn to uh, do without sometimes, unfortunately. I've been one of my entire life. But I think going into this game, I, I believe we have a really good chance. Um, we have uh, Jake's prepared the kids really well. Our quarterback's doing well. Our defense looks good. Um, we do know that Wisconsin will be uh, upset with us for uh, beating them in their home last year. But I, I think it's a, a huge game, and I'm hoping that uh, we can, um, you know, just the energy of the here, the sellout, uh, the honoring of Mike, and all those things, we can use a lot of that emotional energy and all those things that's pent up to uh, uh, to pull off a win. It's, and it would be huge. It would be huge considering our situation with, uh, um, you know, uh, where we're at with Oregon State right now and the Pac-12 and everybody leaving. Uh, we we want to. We want to go and, and, and punch these guys in the face and, uh, and and let everybody know, hey, you know what, you, you, you look past somebody, and uh, and that was wrong. So um, I'm hoping we can do it. And I think we have a great chance to do it, to be honest. Wade Hogue, I appreciate you coming on, sharing your stories, your friendship with Mike Leach. And, you know, in the end, why do you, why do you think, you know, 
Why, why do you think he picked you as a friend? Because, you know, it, and I don't mean that with disrespect. I mean, just what do you think it was that drew him maybe to you or you to him? That Why did that friendship work? You know, I, uh, I, I, I think about that a lot. You know, Mike, Mike had just, you know, everybody wanted to be Mike's friend. I, I don't know why. Um, you know, one day I was out of practice um, after I'd talked to them for, you know, the remainder of the, of the year after the uh, night with Cougar football in Vancouver. And um, he said, hey, I think I'm going to come check out the RV lot at your place tonight, you know. And I said, okay. And, um, you know, we just we just kind of hit it off. I, I, I really I really couldn't tell you. I, I often wonder. I, I don't even think I've been able to, to reconcile uh, that that idea of why why I became friends with Mike it, it just it just worked um, you know we enjoyed each other's company we enjoyed each other's humor uh, we enjoyed the fact that one of the things we, we spoke about was we, we really never wanted anything from each other all we wanted to do was hang out and and uh, shoot the breeze drink some whiskey uh, and enjoy life and I think that worked out well for him and it worked out well for me and 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 you know the the other all the other friends too you know I I, I was a short part of, of Mike's life only just a few years but uh, I think uh, just you know Mike if I, if I give you a story really quick we met a, a gentleman when we were in Key West in the uh, uh, in my house we'd sat there and, and our and our friend Joe had brought a couple buddies over gosh it was got 2.30 in the morning, and we were sitting there drinking whiskey, And but they had a pizza from Mr. Z's, so we didn't care. And we met a gentleman that, uh, um, you know, he had had some substance abuse issues. And we sat and talked to him, right? And, and we're sitting there talking and talking, and, and to look at this cat, you're thinking, you know, hey, something's, something's not right, you know, or something, he's, he's, he's had a rough go with it. And uh, this guy had ridden his bike. He, his mom had kept a cell phone on, ridden his bike, and left uh, the town. She said, I'll keep your phone on, but don't ever come back. And so he started riding and he hit uh, homeless shelters and places like that. He'd stay a while, do some work. And, and he found salvation and sobriety uh, riding his bike, uh, not a great bike, you know, just a straight up, he bought him at Walmart, $100 bike, across the United States twice. And uh, this, the stories were great. Well, the gentleman gets up to uh, go to the restroom and uh, Mike leans over me and says, oh my God, when are we ever going to meet a guy that's ridden his bike across the United States twice? You know, we're never going to do that. And he was just, like, so excited. And I think that, kind of in a nutshell, is, is what it is. Mike, Mike would talk to anybody, and if they had uh, a good story, man, he was in. And, his, and one of Mike's biggest questions you got to understand was, why? It would almost drive us up a while. Because, you know, he wouldn't give any other, why? Why is that? Why? And... Um, and that's just why how Mike was. He was uh, um, just a great, great individual. And 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 uh, uh, I I don't think he really I don't think Mike really knew how uh, great of a person he is. And I think uh, most of the people that you meet like that uh, or would say that about uh, is the reason why they are great. If that makes any sense. Makes total sense. And I can tell you miss him. Miss him tremendously. Wade Hogue, thank you. Good luck this weekend. And uh, I'll catch you down the road. Thanks, John. Take care. Good luck. All right. Bye-bye. There he is. Wade Hogue talking about his friend Mike Leach. I love that. It's a different kind of interview. But, uh, you know, you, you we know Mike Leach from his interviews on this show, 
He'll be honored on Saturday at Martin Stadium. They're going to give away flags to the students and to the first 5,000 people through the gates. They're going to give T-shirts to the student section. But in the end, um, I think it's great to get that kind of perspective with somebody who was hanging out with them. All right, we got so much to talk about. Busy sports weekend ahead. NFL game tonight. Leave it here. I don't know if it was a weird question that I asked our last guest, Wade Hogue, as he's talking about his friendship with Mike Leach. But I, I think about it all the time. Like, why are you friends with the people that you're friends with? Uh, how does it make sense? Is it a friendship of convenience? Are you friends because, hey, they live two doors down and or your kids play on the same soccer team or uh, within that, is there some reason why you connect with somebody else? I just think that's that's always interesting. Uh, and and. I ask myself that all the time, too, with my own friends. I say, you know, why, why are they friends with me? Why am I friends with them? How did this work? How did this, how did this become a thing? Um, you know, I spend time thinking about that stuff. But a good interview with Wade Hogue. And, you know, the thing that Mike Leach did, I think, you know, a lot, and maybe better than others, better than coach, a lot of coaches certainly, is I think he made people feel important, people that were around him. Wade was talking about the homeless guy with the addiction problem. Uh, I know that when he did interviews on this show, there were a lot of times that Mike Leach was doing an interview with us. And what was he doing? He was walking around campus. He was talking to students. He would break from doing the interview to say hi to somebody. He was one time walking. He went into a coffee shop, talked to the barista. He was at a gas station pumping his gas. You could hear him talking to the gas station attendant. Like he just made people in his circle feel important. And I think that was a gift that he had. And I think there are some people that really do that better than others. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. 503-417-7575. Michael is in Eugene, listening on Fox Sports Eugene, but oh, by the way, driving to Lubbock, Texas for the Ducks-Texas Tech game. Are you on the road right now? Where are you? Albuquerque, New Mexico, John. We have a house <laughs> down here, so it's kind of a misnomer there. But yeah, we're five hours from Lubbock. We'll be heading out in the morning. Love that. All right, give us what's on your mind, man. You're going to go to the game? That's awesome. Well, my girlfriend is a Red Raider, so we are going to the Triple J Chop House tomorrow night. A little bit of live music. We're going to celebrate Jimmy Buffett. Anything is possible because I'm drinking frozen margaritas tomorrow night. I love that. (laughs) We'll be ready to rock, but... And I think the Ducks will win by about 10. I loved your column, and the Portland State coach had some insight. I I wish Tech was undefeated because I'd like to see that. I think they were looking past. But a little bird, Hacksaw in Phoenix, that crazy guy had a take, and I wanted to give it to you because I knew you will exhaust it and figure out if it is true. He said that as the George K. president train car wreck was happening down the stretch with the media negotiation, that Phil Knight and Nike offered to negotiate by proxy. I mean, how great would they be at that? And that the president at ASU is what my sources tell me. He got jealous and killed it and thought the Ducks would maybe come back and ask for more at the table. But that is the cherry on top for me. You have the best sports marketing company in the world offer 
to talk to Fox and ESPN on behalf of the entire conference to save it, which left us little choice when they showed up with that Amway triangle marketing nonsense. Um, but I'll bet you anything it's true because Phil Knight loved the Pac-10, back to the Pac-8. I mean, he loved it. But wouldn't that be perfect if he actually offered to be savior and get that number just to 34 million or 35? Let's all move forward. They said, no thanks, Nike and Phil. We don't need your help. So I'd like your thoughts about that. And go Ducks, John. You're the best, buddy. Right. I appreciate so you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Look, uh, first of all, I think Oregon's going to win big in Lubbock. I'm not buying the narrative that is being sold, in part by Fox right now, because I think Fox wants people to see that game as a compelling game. I still think it's going to be compelling in the Pacific Northwest, but I think Oregon is going to beat uh, Texas Tech. I, I think they're going to beat them soundly. I, th I agree with Bruce Barnum. I think it's going to be a double-digit win for Oregon. On the, on the idea, on the notion of Nike getting involved, um, probably there was probably an overture of some kind. I can find out. I'll run it down the flag up the flagpole. I don't. I don't know if it matters though, because the the more I started to unpack what went wrong at the Pac-12 level over and over and over again, the more I realized and recognized that it was just a simple failure of leadership. It was a failure of leadership by Larry Scott, the former commissioner. Failure of leadership by the Pac-12 presidents and chancellors. Failure of leadership by Scott's successor, George Klyovkov. Terrible performance by Klyovkov, who should have, should have managed his bosses better. You know, I had somebody tell me, all Klyovkov can do is lead the presidents and chancellors to water. He can't make them drink. That's true to a certain extent. But part of the job of a good commissioner, Rob Manfred, Roger Goodell, Greg Sankey in the SEC, uh, part of the job of a good uh, commissioner is managing your bosses. Managing the expectations of the people in the room, you know, steering them into the right consultant and the, into the right deal and and then getting that deal done, presenting that deal and getting it done. And that did not happen. Um, I think that what we're going to see subsequently. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.